0: Bill Weasley had expected his father's office to be a bit more crowded. He checked his watch, saw that he was five minutes early, and settled himself in the chair next to Alistair Moody's, rubbing absently at his temple with two fingers. "'Bill,' Moody greeted him gruffly. "'goblin still giving you a headache?' "'No, no,' Bill said lightly. "'I don't mind being knocked down, sat on, and interrogated six times a day. "'Getting to like it, actually.' "'You get that for me,' said Arthur, looking up from a stack of papers and grinning. "'That's exactly why I married your mother.' There was a rap at the door, and a security officer entered. "'Sirius Black,' he announced. "'That's fine, Lawrence,' Arthur said. "'He's always cleared.' "'I have identification,' came Sirius's irritated voice from beyond the door. "'Get out of the way.' "'He's just doing his job,' said a woman's brisk voice, also outside the door." Here's my I.D., Lawrence. Secretary Privy to Magical Matters, Rose K. Brown. Let her in, Arthur called. And you can let Charlie and Mick ride in when they get here. No announcement necessary. We're going to get this one started on time. Yes, sir. Lawrence shut the door. Sirius glared at the door for a moment before dropping into a seat beside Bill's. Rose K. Brown, on the other hand, smiled at all of them from beneath a neat sweep of wavy blonde hair. She sat easily next to Arthur's desk and adjusted her ID tags and ministry pin, before opening her tidy-looking briefcase. We're missing someone, she asked shortly, looking at her watch. Bill fought back a sigh. Rose had been a Slytherin prefect in Charlie's class the same year that Bill had been head boy, and she'd eventually become Hogwarts head girl. She had been famous as the only trustworthy Slytherin for though she was as ambitious as any of them, she always played fair. As a result, she'd had good friends at every house, and she'd even frequented the Gryffindor table without fielding any protest, partly, perhaps, because she looked so deceptively sweet. She had a translucent face, dreamy blue eyes, and a soft, feminine voice, but every one who ever crossed her knew better. "'Rose was such a stickler for rules and regulations "'that she'd got Bill himself into detention sized trouble, "'not once, but four times, "'during the course of his time at Hogwarts.' "'We're missing my son Charlie and his associate,' Arthur replied calmly. "'But there's plenty to discuss, so let's get star-there late?' "'Rose clicked her tongue. "'And this business with dragons was your son's idea, is that correct?' Arthur got the patient look on his face that Bill had not seen since long-ago dinners with Percy as he turned to Rose. "'Yes, that's correct. Why don't you start us off with your concerns about this business while we wait?' "'The council's concerns are with the dragons themselves,' Rose countered. "'I expected an expert on the subject to be present for this briefing.' "'Look, they'll be here,' Bill said tightly. "'Let's get started.' I wasn't aware that you'd become an employee of the Ministry, Bill," Rose returned, her voice smooth as cream. And, as a matter of fact, I wonder at this information not being classified, Arthur. It's no offense to your son, of course, but do you really think that it's wise—he's a member of the Order, growled Moody, as though this should outrank any Ministry official by a mile. Bill glanced at him appreciatively. It was the great honor of his life being inducted into the Order of the Phoenix, and he felt the same way that Moody did. Ministry employees or not, they were all working toward rebuilding the wizarding world, and he would offer whatever help he could. "'Bill's here because he's got training and curse-breaking and finances that we need, at the moment,' Arthur shrugged at Rose. "'I agree it would be helpful if we had a full staff, but as we don't, maybe we can make use of Bill as our Gringotts liaison.' Rose looked at Bill doubtfully, but nodded. For now, I suppose that's fine. She withdrew a clipboard from her briefcase and scanned down a parchment list with her quill. Here's a question unrelated to the physical problems posed by Dragons. Regardless of what we decide on that score, shall we create an office specifically dedicated to handling the containment of the Dementors? The Council proposes a P.A.P., Permanent Azkaban Patrol Division, To be separately staffed and funded. Thoughts? Permanent? Sirius leaned forward on his knees. Don't you mean semi-permanent? We're not going to have to patrol the Dementors forever. Bill held in a sigh. Sirius was dead set on the total destruction of the Dementors, not just the control of them, and though Bill had to admit he agreed with that plan of attack, he didn't see a way to make it possible. I've done a lot of work with complex curses and spells that ward off immortals, like the sphinxes over in Egypt, he began slowly, and from what Moody tells me, the Dementors are resistant to magical attacks. We haven't even come across a curse that does minimal damage. They seem to be unclassified immortals, or at least to have some kind of natural armor against death. Sirius's jaw clenched. Then we'll just have to try something else, "'It's unacceptable that those... things,' he spat out the word, "'are alive and capable of kissing. "'They were the servants of Voldemort, just like the Death Eaters, "'and Azkaban isn't a punishment for them. "'They need to die.' "'Bill exchanged a glance with his father, who nodded. "'I agree with that,' Arthur said, adjusting his glasses "'and running a hand over his high, bald forehead. "'But if we can get a grip on those dragons... I think it's as good a solution as we have, for now. If you'd rather, we can consider it a semi-permanent solution." No, Arthur, that's not good enough. You know we need to destroy those things entirely. That must be a high priority. Before anyone else could answer Sirius, Rose spoke up. Mr. Black is quite right. The costs of keeping dragons for an extended period of time are incredibly high, and will be a very heavy tax on ministry resources. The Council believes that we should find another way to contain the Dementors until they can be eradicated. "'Eradicated how?' Bill asked, trying not to let his annoyance creep into his voice. "'I just told you that it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done,' Sirius barked, his eyes darkening. "'Spells can be built. New curses can be created. It is our duty to make that happen.' Bill didn't answer. There was no point in fighting about dementors with a man who had been imprisoned by them for twelve years. Sirius Black had personal issues at stake in this argument that no one in the office could fully comprehend, and every one seemed to feel it, because they all remained quiet for a moment and allowed him to regain his composure. "'I propose,' said Rose quietly in the silence, "'that we therefore establish two departments.' I'd like to maintain that the P.A.P. is a good idea for now. However, I do suggest a second new division in the Ministry, which would be responsible for researching the extermination of Dementors. Thoughts? I'll head it up, Sirius said at once. Let's get that started. Black. Moody turned in his chair and his peg-leg scraped the floor. He fixed both eyes on Sirius, and in his gnarled old face there was something like exasperation. "'You're mad. "'You're prosecuting a third of the wizarding community. "'You've got eighty percent of those stunned dark wizards still to research. "'Trials start in a week. "'You're trying to stand in on meetings about Azkaban, "'and you want to head up another department, do you?' "'Yes.' "'Sirius didn't bat an eye.' "'Neither did Arthur.' "'No,' he said very firmly. "'Rose has certainly given us something to sink our teeth into.' And I'd like to look into creating a team responsible for that sort of research. But serious, I need you dealing with culprit, and that's the end of it. But Arthur, the end, as in, conversation over. Arthur looked at Rose. Excellent proposal. You take that back to the council. I want to hear what they have to say about a division like that before we plan and implement it. Yes, sir. It was the best that they could do at present, and Bill knew that Sirius was well aware of it. Still, Sirius looked unhappy as he sank back into his chair, as if he didn't trust anyone other than himself to be fully dedicated to the destruction of the Dementors. There were bags under his eyes that made him look old and tired, and lines around his mouth that betrayed his anxiety. He looked even worse than usual, and Bill found himself guessing that perhaps Azkaban wasn't the only thing troubling Sirius. "'He wondered if the man would have time for a butter-beer after this meeting. "'He seemed like he could use it.' "'And that concludes all business,' Rose said, her tone growing disapproving again, "'that is unrelated to dragons. "'I certainly hope we won't have to schedule another meeting.' "'There was a muffled laugh outside the door, which came open a few inches. "'What? No formal announcement?' came a familiar voice. "'The speaker was pretending to be outraged. "'Come on, Lawrence, give us the red carpet treatment.' Bill held in a laugh, watching Rose purse her lips at the sound of Charlie's raucous approach. His brother wasn't irresponsible, he was merely challenged when it came to time, and he was late with such perfect consistency that it actually was responsible, in a warp sort of way. Or so Charlie had used to explain it to their mother. Bill grinned at his father, whose eyes were twinkling. We deserve it, came another voice, which was clearly mixed. We've just been toasted by a dragon, both of us were heroes the minister asked me to show you in without announcements said Lawrence unmoved you're late go on you're no fun Charlie complained and pushed the door open he came into the minister's office followed by Mick and Lawrence shut the door after them looking quite fed up how nice of you to join us Mr. Weasley said Rose too sweetly checking her watch perhaps you and your assistant could sit down and we could all discuss the business at hand "'At your service, Miss Rosie,' said Mick, winking suggestively, as he and Charlie took the seats closest to her, both nursing impressive-looking burns with enormous swatches of sterile padding. For a moment Bill thought that Mick might be getting himself into trouble for harassing the secretary privy, but Rose only looked at him as if he were a very small child, then glanced at Charlie. "'I don't believe I know your assistant, Mr. Weasley.' "'He's not my assistant. He's my associate.' "'Sure you do,' said Charlie, smiling at her "'as if he hadn't noticed the condescending tone in her voice. "'He was in our year. Gryffindor. "'This is Mick O'Malley.' "'Bill had a very hard time not laughing out loud "'at the expression of shock in Rose's eyes. "'She did a bang-up job of not betraying too much of her surprise, "'but Bill knew that she had to be feeling it. "'Mick had been a skinny little class clown at Hogwarts. "'But he'd certainly bloomed,' if late, and several years of dragon-keeping had entirely changed his stature. "'Of course,' Rose said evenly. "'It's been a long time, Mr. O'Malley.' She redoubled her focus on her clipboard, tapping her quill, and Bill made a mental note to include serious and Moody in the joke later on. "'Right,' said Arthur. "'Let's move this along. "'Bring me up to date on the dragon situation, "'and then we'll hear the council's concerns, "'and then we'll have to make a decision.' Moody, you first. Moody cleared his throat. Simple enough. Hardly have enough aurors to track down any escaped Death Eaters. Can't be wasting our trainees out on that island doing Patronus spells all day and night. They need to be learning other things, and they're tired. Not to mention that the Dementors are getting more difficult to control. Why? Sirius demanded. What do you mean? Moody gave a growling laugh. Well, I'm no great theorist... "'but it seems to me that the more we use the Patronus, "'the more resistant the Dementors are to it.' "'They're desensitized,' Bill muttered. "'Yeah, that's a definite possibility. "'I've seen it with other creatures. "'Too much of the same curse, and they're suddenly immune.' "'That's right. "'It's dangerous for my men and women, "'and it's dangerous for people on the mainland "'if those things stop responding to the Patronus. "'We don't have another defense.' "'That all makes sense,' Rose said, nodding, but I'd like to know why dragons are the next best choice. Well, I'll tell you. Charlie settled into his chair and smacked his hands on the leather arms, as if preparing to give a highly desirable lecture. Which, Bill groaned inwardly, he probably was. Dragons produce a natural energy that radiates out around them, creating a force field. It's a lot like the energy of a Patronus, really joyful and all, only even more powerful. So we brought one of our trained flight dragons over from Romania to see if it'll stave off the Dementors. I rode it out there. Mick continued, and sure enough, Dementors can't get within fifty yards of it before they shoot straight back onto the island. He grinned. That's the same power as you get with three trained wizards out there. You've got what? Eight or trainees around that island at all times? Moody nodded. Two teams day and night shifts, and two trainees on standby for emergencies. And you're saying that just three Dragon Riders could get the same thing accomplished? Rose mused, looking at her list. Three's the best bet, Mick agreed. We could do it with two, but it'd leave too big a pocket for Dementors to slip through. Rose glanced at Arthur. Well, in terms of pure budget, I can't complain about that. We'd be cutting down from eighteen employees to nine. Six said Mick and Charlie at the same time. Nine, Rose repeated. Three by day, three by night, and three on standby. Charlie rolled his eyes and put on his best professional demeanour. Privy Brown, do you really expect all three of the writers to get sick at the same time? Mr. Weasley, if for some reason they do, would you like to be held responsible for the damage that Unleashed Dementors will cause? Sirius sat up straight. She's right. "'Hire nine riders.' "'And we'll want nine dragons as well,' Charlie said. Three for each shift, and three in case something happens to the others.' "'What can happen to a dragon?' asked Rose, "'seeming far less concerned about the prospect "'of three enormous beasts all getting ill at once.' "'Charlie looked a bit affronted. "'Lots,' he informed her. "'Pregnancy? Sickness? You never know. "'We don't like to fly them unless they're in peak conditions.' And they're only partially tamed they'll kill you if they're in a foul mood he grinned next question do you have nine trained flight dragons yeah Mick replied we had about 20 trained for the war all common Welsh so we'll bring out eight to add to the one we've been testing with fine we won't have to salary them but I imagine the keeping costs are going to be rather large she looked at Charlie as if hoping he'd say no "'We're going to need to build a typical dragon enclosure, on the mainland,' Charlie answered, "'staffed like the one in Romania, but smaller. Nine dragons, thirty keepers.' thirty. That's keeping it minimal,' Charlie laughed. "'Sorry to blow up your budget.' Rose shook her head, looking as though she might be about to wail. "'Oh, this is so far out of our reach, Arthur. We can't afford to do this.' "'and the council is going to have fits "'when they find out you've allotted more money "'to the control of dementors "'than you have to the relief of those poor war orphans. "'Ask the council,' Moody said dryly, "'how they liked to be kissed.' "'Tell the council,' Arthur corrected quickly, "'that social relief is only a second monetary priority "'because the dementors pose a physical danger to all of us, "'including those orphans.' "'His voice was very grave. "'His eyes were very tired.' and Bill felt a rush of pride. His father wasn't just a convenient stand-in for an absent minister. No matter his protestations, Arthur Weasley was the minister of magic, and he was overseeing their world with an honest, even hand of a man who'd raised seven children. "'Where are we going to put this enclosure?' Rose asked, looking nearly as tired as Arthur and sounding a bit desperate. "'Right across from Azkaban? How big will it be?' "'And how will we keep Muggles from wandering through it and getting torched?' "'Mick guffawed.' "'Torched!' he repeated admiringly. "'That's the spirit!' She glared at him. "'How are we going to keep any of this secret?' she demanded. Three dragons, flying about in the middle of the day, "'in an area that you very well know is frequently crossed by Muggle ships and airplanes, "'and this is our best solution?' "'I think it's been shown,' said Sirius wearily.' "'that it's our only solution.' "'We'll do muggle-repelling charms on the mainland,' Moody said. "'Plenty good enough. "'Worked for Hogwarts for a thousand years, hasn't it?' "'And over the sea,' Rose insisted. "'In the air?' "'Everyone thought quietly for a moment.' "'Got it!' Charlie exclaimed after a moment. "'There was a witch who put up these massive diversion enchantments during the war, "'kept the dragons totally invisible from everybody, wizards included.' Isn't that right, Bill? Charlie threw him a very cheeky grin. How about we hire her? Bill felt a jolt in his nervous system and worked hard not to show it. Charlie was giving him a perfect opportunity. This was a totally innocent way to find Fleur, get her to England, and see her again. It was something he rarely allowed himself to think about. Presented with the option, he suddenly realized that he wanted to see her again. For a wild moment, Bill considered opening his mouth and telling his father to hire her right away. But he wouldn't give in to it. She was just a Vila. That was why he couldn't quite get her face out of his head. Bill beat the thought of bringing her to Diagon Alley out of the front of his brain and struggled to stay in control. Without changing his expression or his tone of voice, he ignored Charlie's insinuation and addressed Rose. "'Diversion enchantments are your best bet,' he agreed. "'But it'd be far too expensive to bring up a specialist to Diagon Alley. "'I wouldn't suggest hiring outside.' "'Is there someone in the area with the necessary expertise?' Rose asked. "'No,' Bill answered. "'But there will be, at the beginning of September. "'Gringotts has hired a professional charmer to come and restructure a lot of the wards "'that the Death Eaters blasted apart inside the bank itself. "'Perfect!' Rose jotted something on her parchment. He's already coming out here, and we won't have to pay travel expenses or boarding. Excellent idea. Thanks for thinking of the budget. Bill nodded sincerely, though the budget had played no part whatsoever in his suggestion. The council has one last question, Rose announced. Who is going to fly the dragons? Mick immediately raised his hand, as did Charlie. Rose surveyed them. "'Who in their right minds?' she corrected. "'Bill permitted himself a snort of laughter. "'He had to agree with Rose on that one. "'Charlie waved her off. "'Plenty of people. "'You've got two right here, "'and then my assistant's an excellent flyer. "'Using dragons was her idea in the first place. "'I know she's anxious to get back to England anyway, "'so we can count on seeing his revenge.' "'Bill shot Charlie a meaningful look. "'Anxious to get back to England, is she?' he inquired innocently charlie glared at him anyhow that's three of us he finished his neck a bit pink and we'll draft up a letter of invitation to the other dragon Riders who were with us during the war i'm sure we can find six others by the beginning of september if that's when we're getting the enchantments up and starting this to bill's surprise rose looked semi-satisfied with the data she'd collected though she didn't say so I'm not looking forward to hearing what the press has to say about this, she muttered. They'll blow the dangers of dragon-riding out of proportion. Mick turned on her, looking incredulous. You can't blow the dangers of dragon-riding out of proportion, he laughed. We're going to be riding meat-eating beasts and fighting off soul-sucking ones. You say that to the Daily Prophet, Rose said, replacing her clipboard in her briefcase and clicking it shut, and most of the danger you'll face will come from me, gentlemen if you've presented all your materials." Arthur nodded. We're finished. Meeting adjourned. A word, Arthur, Rose said at once. I have one or two things that require private discussion. Fine, fine. Arthur rubbed his bald spot again. Boys, will I see you home? Your mother wants you to come for dinner. Bill and Charlie promised to be there, and everyone left Rose and Arthur alone to continue their meeting. Immediately after they left the office, Moody pulled Sirius across the corridor and began speaking to him in hushed tones. Bill stayed close and kept an eye on Sirius. He didn't want him leaving before he could ask him to go for a drink, and Charlie and Mick hung back as well. That was stupid, Bill, Charlie cheerfully informed him. Could have had your old girlfriend stop by for a few weeks, and you would have been fine. That love charm repellent I put on you is still in effect. You could have toyed with her a bit this time. He waggled his eyebrows, and Mick looked amused. Bill gave Charlie a withering look. He didn't want to talk about Fleur with anyone. He wasn't thrilled that Mick apparently knew about the events that had transpired, and he didn't need teasing about something that still made him feel terribly foolish. "'Why don't you concentrate on your own damn girlfriend?' he shot, his voice low and clipped. Charlie's smile evaporated. "'I don't have one,' he fumed. "'I keep telling you!' Mick interrupted at once. "'Hey, speaking of women!' privy brown's got right sexy since school let out hasn't she bill and charlie left off sniping at each other to stare at mick for a moment she hates you charlie finally said matter-of-factly yeah mick said looking totally unperturbed she made that overly clear did miss rosie i need to get her to a pub he grinned and ran a hand through his brown hair giving bill a good view of the nasty burn on the back of his forearm medical wing bill said on reflex "'Both of you,' he added, "'looking at the large, blood-spotted bandage "'that Charlie had wrapped around his bicep. "'Never got over being head-boy, did you?' "'Charlie laughed. "'If Mum sees that burned, "'she'll drive us all mad during dinner, "'chatting on about how you need to find "'a safer line of work now that the war's over. "'Go get it mended.' "'Charlie nodded and gave Bill "'an oddly sad half-smile. "'Percy'd appreciate you "'stepping in for him,' he joked, "'and then ducked his head, and went quickly away down the corridor with Mick. Bill felt a painful tug in his chest, but he put it aside as best he could. Sirius had pulled his wand and was clearly about to disapparate. Hold on, Bill crossed to Sirius with one long step. I'm hitting the leaky cauldron, and you could use a drink. It took a few minutes to persuade Sirius to give up working for the moment, but Bill managed it. Moments later, they were walking through Diagon Alley quizzing each other on their respective projects. And the curses on the lower vaults? Sirius was asking. Torn up. When the bank got blasted, one of the security dragons down in the lower part of the vault system got free of its restraints. Knocked out a whole section of walls, not to mention setting off a domino effect of nasty curses. It's a free-for-all down there. We're lucky it hasn't been looted. True. Then again, I think you've got most of the advantage-takers stunned. "'over at Culparad. "'You'll start trying their crimes in, what, a week?' "'The week after the full moon, Sirius winced "'and rubbed the bridge of his nose between his eyes. "'Arthur's helped me assemble a jury "'and a roster of acceptable judges and defense representatives, "'so at least we've got them taken care of.' "'But who's giving you a hand with prosecution?' "'asked Bill, curiously. "'No one.' "'Bill raised a startled eyebrow. "'Moody was right.' sirius was mad taking on that much without assistance but bill didn't protest it because he thought he understood sirius's reasons despite the new peace in the wizarding world people still weren't entirely sure who could be trusted as a result the remaining living corps members of the order of the phoenix were taking on the bulk of the work in every field and though they were all going to stay very tired for a long time at least they know that things were getting done right Hey, can I have a knut? Sirius and Bill turned together to see a very young boy with sandy brown hair standing off to the side of the cobbled road. He looked to be about twelve and his eyes were very fierce. He held out a grubby hand for money. God! Sirius muttered and took a step toward the boy who jumped back. Stay off, he said warningly. Do you have change or not? You need more than a knut. "'Sirius told him, his voice going hoarse. "'Let me get you to St. Mungo's. "'You can sod off!' the boy yelled. "'He turned and fled away, disappearing so quickly "'that Sirius didn't even have a chance to start after him. "'I've seen that kid,' Bill said quietly. "'I've tried to take him in, as well. "'It's the same thing with a couple of the others. "'They'll fight me off and starve rather than go to the children's home.' "'Of course they will.' Sirius looked even more drawn and fatigued than he had before as they entered the leaky cauldron and sat heavily on the barstools. They want their parents, not an institution. You know what I see every time I look at one of those kids? Bill shook his head. Harry, Sirius answered flatly. I see Harry. Hey, Tom, can I get a bottle of Madman and... He looked at Bill. The same. Sure thing, Mr. Weasley. Tom paused and gulped and Mr. Black. He opened two bottles of the strongest stout on the market and handed them across the bar to the two men. Bill noticed that Tom retracted his hand from Sirius's bottle in an excessive hurry. He further noticed that Sirius flinched at the bartender's obvious fear. He made no comment on this however. There was nothing to say. Sirius Black had been a wanted man for 16 years before his ministry pardon, and people still reacted to him as if he were really a murderer. Sirius downed the madman as if it were water, and asked for another. Tom sent it flying toward him from the other end of the bar. Sirius caught it and sighed. "'Can't say I blame him for standing back,' he muttered, putting the bottle to his lips. But though Sirius's meaning was obvious, the flying bottle of stout put Bill in mind of a less difficult topic. "'How's Ron doing down at the pub?' he asked. "'I still haven't made it down there.' "'You should go.' "'He's a good bartender.' "'Nice, heavy hand with the liquid curse.' Bill grinned. "'Is that so?' He could hardly imagine Ron, all grown up and working a job. But then, it was hard to convince himself that Ron and Ginny weren't still very, very young. Though he'd seen proof of their age, during the war, he still had an urge to pick up Ginny and toss her around, every time he saw her. They were just kids. "'They're not driving you mad?' he asked serious, laughing. Sirius finished off the madman and exhaled loudly, then asked for a shot of liquid curse. This is it for me, he told Bill. Cut me off. I've got work to do. And no, they're not driving me mad. Unless you count the fact that Harry has a nobility complex worse than his late father's. Other than dealing with that, it's been a treat. Bill knew the story behind that comment. Charlie had told him all about Harry's encounter with the Dementor. So none of the troubles coming from the Weasley end. Shocker. Write to my mum, will you, and tell her she did well with the last two. She'll feed you for the rest of your life. Bill finished his stout and asked for another one as well. Ron's fine. Reminds me of me, Sirius answered with a harsh laugh. And I don't mean that as an insult. He lifted his shot glass and drank half its generous contents. I don't think he'd take it as one, Bill replied, wiping his mouth. Glad to hear they're not running you ragged, "'I thought they might be up to no good. "'What would those things Harry was asked me to send him?' "'Sirius looked up sharply. "'What did he ask you to send him?' "'Bill shrugged and drank, before answering. "'Potion ingredients. "'Said he was working on something important "'and needed some god-awful stuff from Nocturne Alley. "'Shredded flesh and runespor scales and something else.' "'Sirius was on the edge of his seat, and his eyes were blazing. "'Did you send it to him?' he demanded.' If you haven't, then don't. Bill moved back, surprised. Sorry, but I sent it yesterday, and it got there fine. Had an owl from Harry this morning. Sirius made a furious noise, drank the end of his shot, and slammed the glass on the bar. Tom shot a nervous look at the two of them, but didn't come to ask what the matter was. You have, Sirius said angrily, a very presumptuous little sister. What, Ginny? Bill narrowed his eyes, instantly worried. What's it got to do with Ginny? He set down his bottle and pushed back his stool, turning to face Sirius. But Sirius seemed to realize he'd made a mistake. Never mind, he muttered. One too many, he gestured to his glass. Never mind. I'd like to know what's going on, Bill leveled, in the steely tone that he usually reserved for dealing with extremely difficult goblins. I, I can't. "'Sirius rubbed his, the bridge of his nose, wincing again. "'You know what Wolf's Bane Potion is?' "'I do.' "'Bill watched and waited. "'Your sisters asked Remus for permission to make it this month.' "'Sirius laughed incredulously, "'and this is what she meant when she said that Harry was helping her. "'Damn it! "'Wait!' "'Bill couldn't quite process what he was hearing.' "'Are you telling me that Ginny's planning "'to make a wolfsbane potion "'out of those ingredients I sent?' "'Among others,' Sirius shook his head. "'Bill, this is very personal, "'and I had no intention of blurting it out. "'You're going to have to keep this to yourself.' "'But Remus isn't allowing her to—' "'Oh, but he is.' "'Sirius gave a wide false smile. "'He certainly is. "'She started this morning, I believe.' "'Bill's heart raced. "'Ginny wasn't old enough,' or educated enough to successfully manage a potion that advanced. He was also fairly certain that it was illegal for her to even attempt it. Isn't it, he paused, it's lethal, Sirius, if she gets it wrong. Sirius laughed, the sort of laugh Bill had always imagined as a child when people had told stories of Sirius Black standing in the middle of the street surrounded by dead muggles, laughing maniacally. He shivered. There was a sudden, shattering noise. Bill looked up and saw that at the far end of the bar, Tom was trembling. He dropped a glass at his feet. Sirius looked at the old bartender, seeming to grow sober before Bill's eyes. Let's go, he said quietly, putting money on the bar and pushing back his stool. He was out the door in moments, and when they were in the street once more, he turned to Bill. I want you to keep this to yourself. If Remus is injured, Ginny will be held responsible. I can't let that... I won't let that happen, Sirius interrupted. I'll talk him out of it by the end of the week, before he starts taking doses. But it's a private issue, and I don't want your family worried for no reason. Bill nodded slowly. He couldn't imagine what his mother would do if she got wind of anything like this. You'll get in touch with me if anything. Nothing will happen, Sirius pulled his wand. "'Got to get home and work. Thanks for the drink.' "'You paid for the—' Bill began, but he didn't bother finishing. "'Sirius had already disapparated.'